Everybody get set, let's go. It's the next episode. It's the Premium Pete Show. News, interviews, all of the info. Listen up, it's the Premium Pete Show. If you want the scoop in the low, down low. Listen to the show, cause Milk said so. Fuck what you heard, better act like you know. It's the Premium Pete Show. welcome back to another episode of the Premium Pete Show. Sitting here with a queen. An OG. I mean, we could say triple OG. Absolutely. Absolutely. Triple OG. I like that. Roxanne Shante. Please believe it, baby. Listen, first of all, thanks for coming out. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. I'm, I'm, I mean, there's so many things to go over, but first off, I'm so proud to see these billboards, these, <laughs> the, these ads. You know, it's crazy. Actually, I want, right off the bat, I want to, I want to read something that you, um, that you wrote about, um, how you said, many days I looked in the sky for help, and now I look in the sky and see this. And you're referring to a billboard about this movie, uh, Roxanne, Roxanne. Absolutely. Uh, and you said, uh, I just want to say thank you for those that never gave up, that never called it a documentary trying to play it down, those that said I deserve it, and it was a long time coming. Those whom we posted and told a friend, countdown to release day. Absolutely, so absolutely. right off the bat, before we even go into the whole Roxanne story... <laughs> Yes. How, the, how the fuck did this Netflix thing happen? You know, it, it's amazing because that's what everyone says. They're like, you know, this right here is one thing to have an old school artist or, you know, a, like, and I don't mind the title. Like, I am who I am. And I've been around and I love every year that I've been around. Mm. So I like my whole 30 some odd years. So I don't try to make it seem like, oh, I want to be a new artist and, you know, they owe me something or I'm trying to compete or anything like that. So when I say old school, I say it with passion. I say it with love. Like, yeah, I'm old, like, because many don't get a chance to even mm, live mm, sure. to be old sure. school, you know. So it's a wonderful thing. And um, when you haven't made a record in 30 years and then you do come back on the scene and the first thing people look at is the fact that you come on the scenes with this multi-million dollar deal. You come on the scene with Netflix. You come on the scene with a movie with Mahershala Ali, Nia Long, Shantae mm. Adams, mm. critically acclaimed at Sundance with the backing of Pharrell Williams and Forrest Whitaker. And when you have other projects already lined up and, and, and contracts stacked in front of you on your desk, you can only sit back and say, you know what, that's hip hop. Mm. You know, that's hip hop. That's nothing else but hip hop, you know. And we started the the movie was actually filmed in 28 days. It was in Sundance in a total of 94 days. It was in Sundance and it was sold in three days. And then here we are. It goes to show you that Sundance is uh, still a powerful outlet. Very powerful. Sundance gets thousands and mm. thousands of submissions they only select 119 movies per year and out of those 119 only 13 are sold and mine happened to be one of the 13 now if that isn't hip-hop i don't know what is i mean you know why why a movie and not a doc because a lot of people were doing documentaries and i wasn't approached to do a documentary i was approached to do a movie and that's the reason why you um nini uh nina bon jovi and mimi valdez they approached and said, listen, we're going to make a movie. You know, it never once did we say we're going to do a documentary. Um, it wasn't a need for the story to be 
told in bits and pieces and everyone wants to do a documentary and there's nothing wrong with documentaries because we need to get the knowledge out you need to spread that information it needs to be told so i'm not saying oh if you don't do a feature film that your story doesn't count no that's not the case at all but what i am saying is it's a blessing to have a feature film so when people sit back they can't always feel that every time an old school artist does something it's going to be a documentary that it can't be a movie or a feature film now how much input did you have i mean obviously I serve as executive producer, okay. and I was on set every day. Damn, look at that. Now, are you able to announce any money? Is it like, you know, um, how much was awarded or how much you were paid? Because Monique will get mad. Monique will get mad if you start <laughs> saying some numbers. You know what it is? It's not a fact that I can't say it. It's a fact that I won't. Mm-hmm. But millions. You, you know, cool. I've done very well. Mm-hmm. I'm proud. Very, very well. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, and with that being said, the fact is... Hosting events and already being quite well off and being in a great position, I can say that it has definitely allowed the pot to overflow. You know, you're you're a woman who, or even let's start from the beginning, a young girl who broke in the door, opened up uh, many, many doors for other girls, other female rappers to come through. Uh, Probably didn't know at the time that you were doing some legendary stuff at such a young age, right? How do they fit all that shit in two hours? You got to watch the movie in order for it, mm. for you to see how it's fit in there. Because one of the main factors is people say, well, you know, if we're going to do the Roxy and Shantae story, if we did the entire story, it would be as long as Roots. Mm, mm. Like we're talking a whole entire week. How long is this Three movie? hours per night. Um, it's one hour and 54 minutes or 53 minutes to be exact. So, yeah, but we were able to put enough for people to have a full understanding of why Roxanne Shantae is the way she is or even why she was the way she was. Because a lot of people didn't understand. They would they would say, you know, she always seemed so angry. She always seemed so um, confrontational. All she wanted to do was battle. She always wanted to, you know come out and say stuff, things that she shouldn't. She never wanted to unify, you know. And that's that wasn't true. Mm-hmm. No one really knew what the life for Roxanne Shantae was off stage. A lot of the girls still were able to, you know, hip and hop and have fun and didn't realize that for some of us, we went into this as a career, as a livelihood, as a way to make money. You know, I, I had already had a baby. I already had a family by the time I was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. So I was already a mom. So therefore, there weren't after parties and things like that for Roxanne Shante. So I took it very serious. Your and mindset was already different than exactly, everybody else. Exactly, it how, was. How did that happen? Now, I know how you got pregnant, I'm saying, but how did that happen at such an early age? <laughs> you just playing around and, and, and nobody, you know, wearing condoms or just... you? How did what play, happen? No, getting pregnant at such an early age, did you plan that? Or well, just, I think we're all born with exactly the tools that we need to no, get pregnant. No, I know that. That's I, what you're saying. I mean, I think I'm, I, I don't think I really need to explain the birds. Is no, that what no. you mind for me? <laughs> I know I came in here in my mode. But you want me to give you that speech now? No, no, no. He's like, Mama, I, I like that. Um, <laughs> no, no. What I mean is, like, did you plan to? Well, have no. A actually, now? I didn't plan to have a career, nor did I plan to have a child. But the main factor was, I didn't plan for them to steal everything. I didn't plan for people to come in my life and take advantage of the situation and circumstance. I didn't plan to be in foster care. I didn't plan to have mismanagement. You know, I didn't plan to have bad contracts. So a lot of things happened early in life that I did not plan. But one of the things that was totally a blessing from that is my son, and that I must mm. say. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of focus in that in the movie, you know, as to see how certain things took place. If anything, if anyone was to say anyone, 
anything or want to question anyone, why not question the fact of the adults around me at that time with me being a minor and ask them if she was on stage and she's out here performing and she's on tour, then how did that happen? Mm. How did you how did you even work that out? Meaning like your young mom. Yes. And and, and it's like you're, you're performing. You got to go to the studio. I, you, you, I took him everywhere. Mm, mm. I took him everywhere. I would not separate from him. He was on the front of he was on the back of my album covers. He was inside of uh, my magazine pictures. When people would tell me a lot of magazines refused to give me covers because I refused to not be on the cover with him. And they would say, oh, yeah, well, you know what? And ironically, now they're promoting teen pregnancy with certain shows that they have on television and things like that. But for me, that's not what I was promoting. What I was promoting was the fact of how being a single mom and being a teenage mom and still wanting to be a mother and still understanding the responsibility of not wanting to leave my child anywhere and everywhere with anyone and everyone. So because of that, I would take him to shows. I would take him to the studio. I would pile everybody, Biz, Kane, Shan, everybody would take all their coats, throw them on the floor in the studio. We would actually make a pallet. My son would sleep on the pallet while we're in here recording and doing different things in the studio. And when I had to do shows, whoever wasn't on stage, it was their turn to hold him. So he became the Juice Cruise mm-hmm. baby, literally, because they were my brothers. And so in turn, because I was the person who was on stage and maybe the promoters had requested to come and perform, you know, there we had to fit it in. We were we are still mm. a family. And because of that, we were very family orientated. So we did that. We made that, it happen. That's hip hop. That's hip hop. baby. You know, you, you talk about growing up and, and being a young mother. Yes. You know, when you grew up, where'd you grow up? Jersey? I grew up I grew up initially in Queensbridge Public Housing and then I moved to Newark, New Jersey. Um, I actually gave birth to my son in Newark, New Jersey. And Newark is a very family orientated city. Mm. It's one where if you come in there as a teen mom or you come in there in a situation, you don't have to worry about being on your own or being alone at that time. But then again, that's also a very different time. But at that time, there was always that help, that person who was willing to, okay, you want to keep your family together. This is what we're going to do. Because I didn't just have my son. I also had my sisters. Mm. Mm. So, you know, I, I was like a mom with, you know, taking care of everyone at the time. So now you grew up, you grew up with mom and dad or? No. So I grew up with, I grew up with just mom. Mm. Um, and you ever meet dad? a very strong, a very strong, um, uh, she's a very strong woman. And, I I wouldn't change a thing about that. And no, I didn't have any interaction with my dad whatsoever. But not even till today? Not even till today. And one of the things I say is having the type of mother that I have allowed me not to miss that Hmm. where people say well you know does it lead to daddy issues does it lead to I think we're going to have all types of issues when you have certain entities missing from your life but overall the way you're able to handle things I think it made me a stronger woman it made me very independent at a very young age it also made me very aware of certain things that you can and cannot do certain things uh, certain people you should trust and certain people that you shouldn't and we learn by trial and error but luckily most of my trial and error took place way before the age of 18 so by the time I was 18, I was pretty sad. Hey, listen, just because you're struggling don't mean you're failing. Exactly. Let me tell you that. You know? Exactly. But, you know, you, you, one thing I will say is growing up like that, you grew up. Did you ever have a chance to be a kid? Because um, you were a kid being a parent. You know what I mean? It's like, did you miss your teenage Do you ever feel like you miss your teenage years? You know, I'm not going to say that I feel that I've 
missed my teenage years. Would I say that at some point there is a certain amount of arrested development because you don't, there's a certain process that you need to go through in order to quote unquote become an adult. So you would think that the first things you would start off is as an infant, from an infant you go to a toddler, from a toddler you go to a child, from a child, preteen, teen, and then you go to young adult and then adult. Would I say that maybe there were some points in it that I did skip over? Absolutely. Was I made to skip over those things? Absolutely. Do I miss those little things? No. What it does has done is it has allowed me to have such a great life as an adult that some of the things that I do now, I'm able to make those decisions based on a fact like, okay, well, you know what? I didn't get a chance to do that when I was younger. So, babe, come on. Let's just go skydiving. Mm. I didn't get a chance to do that when I was younger. Come on, babe. Let's go skiing. I didn't get a chance to do that when I was younger. So, come on, babe. Let's go make snowmen. So, in all reality, it allowed me to have such a wonderful adulthood now Mm. to experience those things, not only being able to financially support those adventures, but being able to have that, quote, unquote, excuse to do that. Like, so if I want to go and just say, okay, look, we're going to take a helicopter ride and do this. You'd be like, well, you know what? That may not be the most mature thought, but uh, you know what? Come on, let's do it. True. And be present and, 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 give, and give give what you didn't have. You know, that's the thing, breaking the chains of what happened. You know, Absolutely. I, and I, it allowed me to give my sisters and my son and my daughter a wonderful childhood. Sure. Wonderful childhood. Sure. And I always say, look, and, you know, sometimes cliches are kind of corny, but some of them are really meant, mean real shit. Meaning, like, it's not how you fall, it's how you get up. Absolutely. You know, so sometimes people, you can sit there and you could complain and whine. And, 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 and I'm not one of those people. And you'll be there forever. But how you get up, like, you know what I mean? But anyway, let's go. Let's go back to the day that you even discovered hip-hop, that you love hip-hop, or that you even got a call to be part of anything hip-hop. Oh, um, if I had to go to that very first day in hip-hop, I don't know if it's if you want to go to the very first day when I learned or what I thought hip-hop may be, which would be um, Nipsey Russell on Hollywood Squares, mm, mm. is the first time I figured that a person has the ability to rhyme about anything at any time for any length of time. And I was like, oh, yeah, I could definitely do that. I like that. And so then I gave it my own title and called it the Nipsey Russell Syndrome, mm. which, you know, before people started to call it freestyling, the only person I had to compare it to was Nipsey Russell. Mm. So I called it the Nipsey Russell Syndrome. And when Marley called me out of his window, when Marley I was on, Mall, Marley Mall, a great hip hop producer, called me out of his window because his windows were right above where the laundromat was located in the projects. And he said, you know, come upstairs, you know, come to my house. I got a beat. I want you to do something. You know, I heard that you were a great battle rapper and, you know, I have this beat for you and I want to hear you spit something. And I was like, OK. And then I went up there and I did Roxanne's Revenge, a seven minute freestyle of a complete story that made sense. And then said, okay, let me go back downstairs and continue doing my laundry. And he was like, you're incredible. <laughs> you did. <laughs> you literally went to the laundry mat on that one. That's, that's classic. Absolutely. Was he blown away by that? He We did. We actually we actually made a deal. We did them for some Sergio Valente jeans because he worked in a Sergio Valente jean factory classic. at the time. So it was like, okay, look, I'll do this and you give me some Sergio Valente jeans for me and my sisters. Mm. And he was like, okay, no problem. And so I went in and did the freestyle. And yeah, absolutely. It was just, that's that's hip hop. That's Queensbridge. So you do this freestyle? Yes. And Molly hits you back? Does he tell you, let's do something else? or does... No, he, I do the freestyle. Molly at the time was working on WHBI and um, at late at night where that was the only where 
you could hear hip hop at night on the radio. And he took the tape and he actually played it on the air that night. And while he was playing it on the air that night, you know, everybody would tune into Molly Mall because, you know, we're all from the projects. And it was like a big sure, show throughout sure. the city with him and Mr. Magic. And he Rest would, in peace. Yes, absolutely. And he would say... um, yeah, well, we got a new world premiere, premiere, premiere. So people would listen for whatever the world premiere was because that meant that it was something new you had not heard before. And he played Roxanne's Revenge. And they called it Roxanne's Revenge because we really didn't have no title for it. So he called it, he called it Roxanne's Revenge. And I remember being in my house, and it was about maybe 1 o'clock in the morning or maybe even later than that, and the phone rang. And when I picked it up, they were screaming like, oh, my God, you're on the radio, you're on the radio, you're on the radio. <laughs> and I hung it up very quickly because my mom was very stern, and I didn't want any trouble in the household. Who's calling that late? Yeah, you know, and that's at the time where you only had one phone in the house. So oh, it yeah. wasn't like everybody had a phone in their room sure. and everybody had phones in their bedroom. It was just that one big-ass phone. With a strong by the, ringer. Yeah, with a strong ringer by the kitchen, oh, which man. meant you had to walk all the way to the phone with a long cord that you can stretch all around the house. So, you know, this is before cordless. This is when the phone cord was as <laughs> long as the house and so what I did was um, I remember standing by the phone and I pinched it out because that's the only way you used to be able to stop it from ringing sure, was sure. to pinch it out from the wall you know it wasn't fancy with everything else you couldn't really hit the slider and I just pinched it out and I was thinking to myself like wow I wonder what I sound like on the radio and this must be hip hop and then I was like yeah but I can't listen to it now because I gotta make sure this phone don't ring mm. you know so that would be my first real dive into hip-hop was just that quick. So you come out the next day, or you go to school? Or you're in yeah, school? I go to school the next day. What were people saying? What people, people was like, that was you on the radio talking about your name, Roxanne. Your name ain't Roxanne. Mm-hmm. That was you on the radio, right? Didn't you say Shantae? Isn't that you? You that girl? Da, da, da. So Now what made you come up with that when you say Roxanne Shantae? Um, we came up with the name Roxanne Shantae a few weeks later. Mm-hmm. So we're Roxanne first. But Roxanne, no, my name is Shantae mm-hmm. from birth. My name is Shantae. So when I did Roxanne's Revenge, because it was a freestyle and it was over the beat for the song Roxanne, Roxanne, my topic was, well, my name is Roxanne. And I started to tell the story about being a girl who was approached by three guys. And Molly was like, oh, my God, this girl is incredible. But a few weeks later, after the song had came out and it had started being on the radio and it was like this big hit and they couldn't figure out what to do and we were getting ready to press it and make it a record and they was like Roxanne Roxanne and I would not respond because that's not my name mm-hmm. you know and you, I come from the projects where everybody's calling everybody but you really only identify with your name sure. so they figured like you know what we're going to have to name a Roxanne Shantae because see if they say Shantae I'm a look but if they don't I'm not so in order to get you needed to that get, Shantae in they there. needed that Shantae so voila Roxanne Shantae now what was that for, I remember growing up there was like another like a fake Roxanne what was that what was all that do you remember that what the I mean well, of course you gotta remember but <laughs> I don't remember the whole story but well apparently the record company which was um, UTFO's record company mm-hmm. decided that they wanted to come up with their own Roxanne because Roxanne's Revenge had became such a monster hit and was making so much money it was taking away How sales. How dare you? How dare right. You. So they would t- it was taking away sales from them. And so what they figured was okay, the only way we're going to get people to believe that this would be the real Roxanne is let's go for the fact that maybe she needs to be a little lighter. So they came up with their own Roxanne and made her a lighter 
skinned girl and said, okay, this is who they were going to at the beach. And this is not who they were going after because, you know, to have a, a, a battle rapper with bushy hair and, and, you know, this and this and that, that's not who they were going after. And so they created their own Roxanne. And in the process of doing that, what started was the fact that they felt like everyone could be Roxanne or anyone could be Roxanne. So everywhere I would go, there would be a Roxanne battle. Everywhere I would go, they, they, everyone had their own Roxanne who wanted to battle. And, uh, you know, I was the first Roxanne that stood up and I'm still the last Roxanne standing. Here you are today. How mm-hmm. many years later? 30 some odd. 30 some odd years. Yeah, I like to throw the some odds in there. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with some odds. It's almost like half. Like when you're young, right, you know, exactly. two and a half. Like you can't ever say, you know, I'm 49 and a half. I'm 32 and a half. Right. So, so, But when you're young, you use the half. So you got to bring the some odds. You got to bring the some odds. Yes, I'm at the some odds All the ladies and men use the some odds. <laughs> you know, who, who was even rapping at that time when you were rapping as a female? Um. Well, you had Dimples D. Okay, yeah. Who was um, the first uh, female rapper that Molly actually worked with. And she had a song That's called right. Sucker DJs. Yeah, yeah. And she was from my block, and her name was Crystal. And she was definitely an influence. You had Pebbly Poo. Mm. Pebbly Poo, who was a Herculoid. Mm. And she was incredible. You also had Debbie D, who was an Us Girl, and Lisa, you know, um, from the Funky 4 Plus 1. You had Sha Rock, mm. Lisa Lee. So, yeah, there were quite a few. You ever seen them ever again, any of them? I did. I recently, really? yeah, I was just, I performed at the Kennedy Center, and one of the guests was, was Sha Rock. Really? Yes. How's the crowd when you go to these uh, concerts when they have different type of acts on that have been around for so many years? Incredible. Incredible. The energy is phenomenal. The places are always sold out. It's um, it's incredible because what we do as an old school artist, as a triple OG and so forth and so on. What and we, a queen. And a queen. Absolutely. What we do is we actually bring them back to that great time. Mm. People want to do that. People want a form of escape and see old school music does that for you. Sure. You know, classic hip hop does that for you. When you listen to classic hip hop songs, what it does is it doesn't take you to a time when your credit was bad because you didn't even have credit cards then. <laughs> it doesn't take you to a time when, you know, you're going through house foreclosures because you lived in your mama house. You were just you happy. Know, you were just happy. You were just a child. You know, it takes you back to a time when you could just, you know, have such things as a candy picnic. You know, like have a picnic and just bring all candy. Like, yeah, we're going to have a candy picnic. You know, those thing so even when people see me in the street the first thing they do is the wop and they smile mm. you know people see me and the first thing they do and it's no exaggeration one of the original hip-hop and they go uh, like this, they, as soon as yeah. they see me they go oh, roxanne roxanne you mm. know so they see me and you know they smile and they wop because i automatically just my presence takes them back there mm. my voice takes them back there and 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 i take pride in that and i and i love that and it is a blessing to be able to do that you know growing up you, when you when you got in the game and you start touring i think you were like 15 right yes then i think you stopped at what 25 say no i stopped at maybe 19 20 okay 19 20 okay so but throughout your life you you obviously touch people meaning you know when you go back to these shows, do you feel now as an older woman, do you feel still feel that love that was there years ago? You know what I mean? Like that, that powerful. Because when you just came on, that shit had to be overwhelming, to be honest with you. No? <laughs> Absolutely. I think um, when I first came out, what the difference between then and now is because then I was the person that I felt people love to hate. Mm. I felt, you know. Why do you think that? Because... 
remember, I'm a, I was a battle rapper, and mm. I, I'm going to say I am a battle rapper mm. because once you choose what type of rapper you are, that's what you are. It, it doesn't change. You are who you are. And so um, when I walked into a performance or I walked on a stage or I walked into an arena or I walked into a civic center, most of the time people were there, I would think, in order to see what happens if she loses? What happens if tonight is the night that her quote-unquote Nipsey Russell syndrome fails her? Mm. What if tonight is the night when the mic goes out? What if tonight is the night when Bismarcky's voice goes and she has no beatbox? You know, and, and for a long time I felt that way. And I remember asking my mom, like, Ma, if they don't like me, if so many people come and they bring other Roxanne's to try to battle me in order to take my title and to take me down, if they don't like me, why am I selling records and why do they come? Why is it so crowded? And she was like, listen, you may be the person that was selected for people that they love to hate you. You mm. know, let me give you a better example, Shantae. You know, and my mom was always very open and very frank with us. I spoke very blunt. And she was like, listen, when you watch, there was a show on TV called Dynasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, when Dynasty would come on, people loved Crystal Carrington. But... What's the more, guy's name? Duke in there? Not Duke. Uh, the, Blake Carrington. Blake Carrington. Yeah. So, but more people would love when Alexis would show up. Mm. So you are the Alexis in this situation. Mm. And so once she told me that, I automatically accepted that. And I walked like Alexis. I talked like Alexis. Mm. I came in. Oh, I don't give up. What? This and that. Just whoever it is, anybody can get it. Like that's the attitude that I took. Moms because, were supportive. Yeah, because she understood. Like, look, this is what, because had she not been, this could break you. If sure. you, you're sure. 15 years old, sure. you're trying, you're coming out and you're making records. And it seems like no one is happy for you because everybody wants to be sure. you. And then every man you meet wants to be your man. So then you, you can't really trust those circumstances and then every girl wants to be Roxanne and nobody just wants to support Roxanne Shantae nobody just wants to do that except for my immediate crew Mm. so you know that's how I felt about it you said the label tried to make another Roxanne did any of the crew like step to them or or tell them like yo what's going on this is some sucker shit anybody get a chance to say anything well as far as um as far as I know when it came out Everyone was so busy trying to capitalize off of the Roxanne and they weren't worried about me losing. See, that's one thing. It wasn't like, okay, you know what? Shiny's in the corner crying because this Roxanne is coming. No, I just wake up in the morning and be like, okay, so where are we going now and what Roxanne do we have to take out today? basically. Mm. So there wasn't an, an issue of me feeling or, or seeming like I was sad about it. So I guess they didn't necessarily feel like they needed to step to anyone because I did not need that. You know, when you have a crew and you're the first one out the crew, because that's what makes me the queen of the juice crew, Mm. because I'm the first one out the crew. And then everyone else was my DJ. You know, everyone else came after me. I made sure everyone else got stage time, you know, so it worked out better for me to always have that type of strength. So, no, they didn't have to do that because they did. The other Roxanne's didn't stay around long and they knew that that wasn't going to now, how did you, who guided you? Because I know you mentioned about that the record company tried to, you know, uh, jerk you uh, or um, a couple of things that you would discuss with uh, as an artist. Who who guided you? Because what do you even know about the music industry? Well, at then I didn't know anything. But did you have anybody that was kind of like helping you or that you trusted in? You know how sometimes we trust in somebody and we... 
Mm-hmm. No, actually, um, we were all learning. Mm. You know, this was new. This was this was new, and you got to remember that at the time when I came into hip hop, it was a time where hip hop still had an expiration date. I think it, they said it wasn't going to be around for no sure, more than ten years. Fad. Yeah, so they said like, okay, this right here is not going to be around for the next ten years. So it had an expiration date. So in the process of anything that has an expiration date, what do you try to do? You try to use it as quickly as sure, possible. Sure. You try to use as much of it as you can before it expires. So we were all learning. It was a learning process for everyone. And I'm going to say that not to make excuses for management at all, but I'm going to say that even Tyrone Williams was in a learning process. Mm. Everyone was in a learning process about it. Now. Should I have been informed on other things? Absolutely. Should I have had a better contract? Absolutely. Should my manager and my record company not have been the same entity? Absolutely. Should my accountant and lawyer, management and record company, should they all have not been college buddies? Absolutely. You know, but the, also the fact, too, was coming from where I was coming from, it was such a different opportunity. Like, who at age 14 makes $20,000 a weekend? Mm-hmm. Mm. Who at age 15, when your income does start to deplete or goes down, makes $10,000 a weekend? Damn, I wish we were friends. You know what I'm saying? Who does that? Who has someone who says, okay, you know what? You have the opportunity. We're going to change your age and we're going to take you all around the world. Who does that? Who had that opportunity? That's beautiful. Exactly. So sometimes the pros, you know, when you try to, the pros outweigh the cons until you look at it like, okay, you know what? It could have been worse. It could have been this way. A lot of times people say, well, don't you feel bad that you didn't receive royalty checks? And didn't you feel bad about this? And I said, well, you know, I was making so much money and I've never drank. I've never smoked. You know, I've never gotten high. Don't pass judgment on anybody who does it. But I just never did because, remember, I was already a mom out Still the gate. Still to this day? Still to this day. So, That's dope. I, I, But I do eat. I am a foodie. Said, like, too, I love some food. Yeah. So, too much. It, exactly. So, so one of the things about it is that what would have happened to Roxanne Shante mm. had I had that influx of all this extra money? Maybe I would have became bored and started getting high. Who knows what could have happened? Especially at that time. Especially at that time when everybody is coming at you with everything. So... It allowed me to say, you know what, I'm not going to be angry about the things that I didn't have because of the things that I didn't have, which Mm -hmm. means I didn't have a habit. I didn't have um, certain things talked about me. I didn't have certain things done to me because I didn't have these other things. So I kind of weighed them out evenly and it allows me to walk peacefully through life. Mm -hmm. I respect that. You have a young uh, artist coming up, a girl. Yes. Wants to get into business, is in the business. What's some advice you would have for her? The first thing I would tell her to do is, one, educate herself as much as possible on the industry and have a great lawyer. And in order to and make sure that your lawyer has no connections to anything else and that your your man can't be your manager because a lot of times that happens too and emotions can't can't sustain you can't it just doesn't work out sometimes you know so you want to be able to make sure that you're able to be independent on your own and you need to be able to do things on your own mm. So if you can independently do these things for yourself, then anyone who comes along is helping you, is an assistant to you being that person. So, yeah, that's what I would tell her. Like, you know, you need to educate yourself because people can't mislead you on the things that you know are facts. People mm. can't mislead you on facts. Mm. Now, now there's a lot of female rappers. Um, you ever met Nicki Minaj? Yes, yeah, yes, I've met Nikki. Um, we were in a venue, and I met her in passing. I haven't had the opportunity to sit down and talk to her as I've done many of the others. But yes, so who, who is some that you met that you admire or you, you like what they're doing? I love them all. 
You know, and people say, well, you know, I think Roxanne, that's just the politically correct answer. No, it's not. It's the big mm. sister answer from a from an old school artist who's not angry. So I love them all. When I see uh, female rappers today and the position that they're in and the things that they're doing, I I love them. I support them. I want to see them continue in their success because it's the. I want to say the more successful they are, the greater my legacy. Sure, sure. And see, a lot of artists don't see that, but I see that. So if I've had anything to do with anything that you do in your career, I want to see you be the best you can be because somewhere along the line, that reflects on something that I've done. Mm. So the greater you are, the greater I am. So I love it. I love it. And even when it comes to, they'll say, well, you know, how do you feel about this new type of uh, rap music now? I love it. Mm-hmm. And they say, well, why? Because if I had anything to do with it being the way it is today, as far as financially beneficial, being this multi-billion dollar industry, being included in all of these different commercials, being able to talk about their own deals, being independent and going out here and getting these awards and being on these award shows, then that right there contributes to my legacy and only makes me greater. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I love and, it. And you always kept it sport, you know, meaning like, you know, hip hop is a sport. And when you battle, it's too, it's a sport. You know what I mean? Absolutely, and, and it the, is. Like even like we spoke uh, um, off air for a second about MC Light, and you know, you both had uh, you know rap songs against each other, rap disses against each other, both right. classics. Right. You know, um, but then you said, "Yo, I'm cool with Light," you know, right? And, and because what's on wax is on wax, and what's in real life, you know, um, how special is that to you know be part of the competition, the sport, but at the same time, still respect each other, or, or was it really real at that time? Well, for I think for for a lot of other artists or maybe even for some of the artists that I may have had some encounters with, they may harbor a little bit of animosity for that because, you know, my grandma once told me, she said, you know, it's the winner that always wants to be friends afterwards. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you know, it's the winner that always wants to be friends afterwards, you know? So, you know, stay on the winning end and you'll always want to, you know, so I always want to be friends. I'm like, okay, you know, like, look, that didn't mean anything. You know what happens then? You know, that's just hip hop. And I think a lot of people forgot what hip hop was about in order to be the best in hip hop. You had to go against the best. You had to, that's what was hip hop was about. Mm. It wasn't about, oh, yeah, well, I just want to destroy your career and I want to do this. I want to do that. No. If I beat you, then you go home, you touch up on your rhymes, you come back and then you try to come and knock me off the throne. But that's what we do. That's what hip hop is about. You know, but even to the fact of where now when I watch these battles, the only thing that I tend to be thrown off a little bit about is the fact that I didn't know that the definition of freestyle changed. Mm. Like for me, a, a battle rap, what freestyle meant when I showed up, I knew nothing about you. Mm. And so right then and there, we're meeting for the first time and we battle and whatever comes out my mouth about you is my freestyle. I didn't get a chance to learn about you for three weeks. I didn't get a chance to look at your Instagram. I didn't get a chance to interview your friends. I didn't get a chance to write this down, try it out with my homeboys. So much information. You know, they know the key points and everything else. Like, we didn't have that so that was kind of like the difference of a freestyle do I find it very entertaining absolutely do I love it do I sit down do I watch some of the battles absolutely that I do you know um Again, like I said, I was just a little confused on, you know, the new definition of freestyle. But You watch some of those uh, Smack DVDs? You ever see, uh, you know, some, because you my, ever see Loaded Lux and yes, uh, Murder Mook? And yeah. You're going to get this work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> beloved. See, yeah, see that? Yeah, see that shows you. That shows you. Yeah, Beloved, that yeah. shows you. Um, ice. Yeah. You know, so that shows you, yeah, you know. 
Roxy and Shante is still Roxy and Shante. So, of course, I'm going to, you know, be entertained by that. So you ran into light uh, recently or a couple of years ago? or um, I've, um, We actually did a venue together, I want to say, two weeks ago. Really? We did it. We did a venue together two weeks ago. Oh, probably in Philadelphia. We were in Philadelphia, and it was the Juice Crew show, and um, she they she had went on before us, and she had performed, and there was so much going on at the venue that we didn't even get a chance to see each other. And then I felt so bad because I was like, ah, oh, I wanted to see her because as women, when we are in the same venue or in the same building, because there are not many of us. At a certain level, you really want to make that contact with your sister, sure, sure. you know. And so I felt so bad about that. So I said, you know what, next time I see her, I got to make sure that, you know, I stop her, give her a hug and be like, okay, you know what, we missed each other that day. But, you know, sometimes when you're performing and you perform a lot, you got to do and multiple dates, sure, you gotta multiple move. places, you got to keep it moving. Hey, listen, don't it don't stop. Yeah, you got to grab that bag and keep going. And as Biggie would say, it's all love, baby, baby. Please you know? believe me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, let's take a quick break real quick. We're going over the journey the career, the lifestyle, and so much more. Man, the movie that's coming out yes. on the one and only, the queen, the triple OG, Roxanne Shante. Internets don't go nowhere. Be right back. Wait, wait. Actually, where could they check out the movie? On Netflix only? Um, yes, on Netflix, uh, March 23rd. And we're also having uh, premieres all over the city. So just, just check, check the Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, What's check your Instagram, Instagram again? The letter I, the letter M, Roxanne Shante. So. There you go. Internets don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. Cheer. This is Milk D, a.k.a. Milk is Chillin'. Right now, you're checking out the Premium Pete Show. What more can I say? Internet's and we're back. Sitting here with Roxanne. Shante, you know, do the wop, do the wop. <laughs> what was it? Let me ask you, what, what was your favorite, favorite track that you ever laid down? Um, I would have to say, I want to say Independent Woman because it's, it's not a very popular track. And because I really, really enjoyed Independent Woman. And the message that's behind it as far as telling sisters to, you know, stay focused and, you know, that it's a very important message that needs to come across at that time. So it would be Independent Woman. But my favorite song to perform is Have a Nice Day. Mm. Because for some reason, Have a Nice Day's lyrics flow over everything. Mm. I don't give a damn if it's a rock song, if it's jazz, if it's slow, if it's fast. How do you still remember spitting lyrics? Like if you if you I know you still tour, but sometimes yes. you may have not gone on tour for a little bit. Do you have to re, you have to rehearse them again or just always I've in your mind? I've never not gone on tour. Really? I work Fuck. every weekend. Wait, don't you also I am like a, I am like a rock and roll. <laughs> we, we, we I'm like a rock and roll artist like I work every weekend. And 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 also you now also you also work in with schools and stuff like that. I, I have a nonprofit organization that I run with my husband called Mind Over Matter, where we take at risk girls that are um, at risk from graduating in high school, troubled youth, and we make sure that they graduate. Mm. And we have been successful in this, being able to turn girls from at risk of even um, graduating to uh, valedictorian, salutatorians, um, superintendent award winners. And these were girls who, at the beginning of the year, they didn't even think we're going to graduate. And they say that it has a lot to do with applying the mind over matter technique to mm, them, mm. which allows them to just apply their mind to what truly matters, you know, getting their minds off of things that don't matter and making them more so concentrate on like no more wanting to concentrate on just name brands, but instead be more focused on making your name a brand and then all 
all the name brands will give you everything for free. Mm-hmm. You know, so focus on being sure, doing sure, these sure. things. And so, yeah, we make sure that we put that in there. That's so dope. You know, let me tell you, I Thank think we, you. I think we touched on it a little bit. But how did you not become bitter? With the game and end Everybody up to be asked, no, I know and end up. Asked me that, I, I don't they even, want me to be because you because you could have been. I you yes, could've I could have been. The game the game is funny style a little bit. Yes, okay? absolutely. The game is funny style. You've been through a lot of different situations. We we spoke on it before how it made you a better person. You know what? Yes. At the end of the day, you learn from it. But at the end of the day, here you are helping young girls. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're also you never stop touring. Right. You never stop making money. Right. And also at the same time, look at Netflix come along. Yes. But the you know like. You know, too many of us, you know, and not saying only you, but too many of us, we complain, but never ever congratulate when things are going well. Right. And you, 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 you I, I'll tell you, I, I really applaud you for that. You, you didn't get bitter. No. And that's why you're here today. Absolutely. And that is exactly why I'm not here. The reason why I'm not bitter today is because one thing, what is that, what was that going to do? Honestly, what was that going to do for me? First of all, if I was going to be angry about them not paying me, still wasn't going to get me the money. Mm. And if I was going to do anything that was going to be detrimental, the only thing I was going to be doing was hurting myself and my family. Mm. So why even put them through that? Why do that to them? And when I look at these young ladies, I know that I wish I would have had a Miss Shantae in my life, mm. you know, someone to be there for me. So why not be that for someone else? Why not be that person that's able to say, OK, listen, I've been through it. You know, I think even the process of making the movie wasn't just for making it, oh, because we're going to make money and I want to make it for myself. But it was also so that that same message could get out to so many sure. young ladies. So Inspire that they can others, say, so, yeah. Yes, so for all the young ladies who school I'm not, I can't reach or for all the schools I'm not able to go to, for all of the young ladies who I may not meet personally, they'll be able to sit back, watch a Netflix movie, say, oh my God, it can be done. Mm. You know, and that, that's why it needs to be Roxanne, out there. Roxanne, Roxanne! Please believe it. Man, 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 <laughs> man. What's the biggest obstacle you, you overcame so far in your life? That I've overcome? That overcome. I've overcame? Or um, overcame, whatever. I mean, yeah, I'm, say, something don't, on the worst pronounce, I feel don't like. Worry, don't worry about <clears> it. Don't worry about it. Um, I would say it would have to be I don't know because I've overcome so many and I, and I, I look back at the things that I've been through and I can't just pick one and say, okay, this was the one thing that did it. I can't say, okay, well, it was a situation with domestic violence or it was being abused as a child or it was going through certain situations or it was the, the way the industry did me. I, I can't sit here and, and do that because I think I've never really concentrated or, th- or thought on it like, okay, this is the one. Mm. And I would have to say my greatest battle is because I'm a breast cancer survivor. Mm. So being a breast cancer survivor, that is the greatest battle I've ever won. Mm. You know. You ever look back, I'm sure, at breast cancer, but you ever look at some of those other things and and it brings like a tear to your eye that you're like, like where you are now? Like, you know, you, like you, you've you been through all that, but nothing, they couldn't, you know, you ever watch Anton, Anton, Antoine Fisher? Fisher, yes. You know, that shit makes me cry. Yes, I'm When he was at the door. Here, yes. He says, you beat me. And you, and you try, but, you know, you can't put me down. Yes. But when I, you know, that I'm shit. I'm still standing. I'm still standing. Yes. You ever feel that way? When you look back at all those things, the domestic violence? Or- Absolutely. Absolutely. I look at it and, and, you know, one of my one of my lines is the fact that um, I won't be broken like you can't break me no matter like no matter what you're trying to do. This won't break me. You can't break me. And I've always said that to myself that I wouldn't I don't let any situation break me. It, it can be 
a verbal situation. Somebody could be coming at me hard. You won't break me. That's not going to do it. You know, and and so no. You know, when you go through those type of situations, you know, and I've been through some similar, but you ever feel like it's hard to love? I know you're married, and yes. uh, but you ever feel it's hard to be loved? Like not even love. Sometimes hard to, like I, I'm just speaking from my personal like. I like to love people. Sometimes I don't like people to love me. Meaning like, meaning like, um, I rather. It's like like somebody, but I love you. But yeah, I love like I switch. I love you. Don't worry about me loving me. You know, like mm-hmm. and it's it's hard for me to be loved sometimes. And um, I, I don't know. I don't know what that could be. There could be some issues that I had growing up and stuff like that. But yeah, and, and I know you spoke too about mm-hmm. in the industry over the years. Right. It's tough to find someone who actually cares. Wasn't just trying to be with you know be with you because you were Roxanne Shantae or because you were doing some certain things. Well, um, I've never found it hard to love because I never gave up on being loved or loving. So even in the process when I was not loved, it never stopped me from loving. So I still always had a house full of children. Even, you know, even through the generations. So even if I had a house full of my own children, then the next thing you know, I had nieces and nephews and, you know, I've had a house full of kids. So I've always been surrounded with a lot of love. Um, I waited for the right time to, you know, have the right husband and be in the right circumstances to be able to say, you know, okay, this is love, you know. And even now, when people look at my social media pages, they'll say, oh, you know, you guys have a couples page. Now that's love. And that's because of the fact that I didn't ever have that before. Sure, sure. So when you find that love and that support all in one and that, that safety factor, then you've, you're complete with it. And you say, okay, look, I want to show this to the world now. Mm. You know, I, this is what I want to do. Mm. And to try to make sure that people understand that you can never give up on loving others because someone has hurt you or because you may feel like you're not being loved. Don't you stop loving because, see, that's when the problem comes. The problem comes in not with the fact of people not loving you, but with you not being able to love. And and that's not me. Um, people, some people say I'm an empath. Like I was once told that I was an empath. They stopped me and said, you know what, that's what you are. You're an empath because you want to. What does that mean? An uh, empath is a, um, is a person who feels the feels the emotions and things of others and wants to so for instance if you're around someone who's sad you'll start to feel sad so you want them to feel happy so you will talk to them and you will fix it and then once they're feeling better then you'll separate and you'll be like okay that's fine i can go and that's it's very hard like to, a fixer or something? it's like it's it's yeah it's like a, i guess like maybe an an emotional fixer because when people come and they talk to me even strangers in the street when they walk away they say they feel better mm. because I won't let you walk away if you're still crying or if you're sad. I'll be like, no, listen, it's going to be okay. Or I'll help you find that silver lining in something. And being that type of person in New York City is really hard because you got emotions going all over the place. So it makes you, yeah. So it just makes you want to just live somewhere, be be you know, like quiet. Like I spend a lot of time in the house on my off days for that reason because when I'm outside, I am constantly fixing anyone and everyone and everything. Mm, mm. You know, and people say, well. How do you fix you? And then I say, I'm blessed enough for God to fix me every night. Mm. Fills me up with enough for me to go back outside and try to fix everyone else. And then that's when you have these type of 
things happen for you. You get things like movies. You get things like endorsement deals. You get all these things and you never have to go looking for them. Mm-hmm. Like I've never, because my door is open for everyone, it is also open for opportunity. So when people say, well, you know what? Opportunity has to knock on the door. It never has to knock on my door. It can walk right in. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why Roxanne and Shantae always receive so many opportunities. People say, oh, it's luck. No, it's because I don't close my door. Mm-hmm. And because I don't close my door on people, I don't close my door on opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why opportunity just walks in. Dropping gems. You know, how the fuck did the Sprite happen so many years ago? See, that's another thing. People's like, how the hell did you get a Sprite commercial? How did that happen? <laughs> um, I'm a huge fan mm. of of uh, karate flicks. Like, okay. Like Monkey King Kung Fu, Buddhist Monk, you name it, Drunken Monkey. Yeah, you know, that's yeah, my monkey. thing. You know, so one of the things was um, when they were like, okay, we're doing all these different Sprite campaigns. And I was like, okay, you know what? Here's another one. Five Deadly Women. And they were like, yeah, that's going to be great. Let's make it happen. Now, Cool Keith, I've known Cool Keith sure. my entire life. Shouts to Cool Keith. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, I've known Cool Keith my entire life. And um, he was like, yeah, I'm down. Millie Jackson. Mm-hmm. So Burrell Communications, the company Burrell Communications, contacted another creator. And actually, Antoine Foucault oh, wow. was the director on that, who happens to be a great Famous movie director sure. now, but that was one of his first projects. Wow. And so, of course, you know, it gave me a chance to uh, get my martial arts game up and get snatched through some glass. And I was the Black Widow and I was featured in every commercial, which was something that everyone was looking at because they were saying, OK, wait a minute. You're the Black Widow, but you're in every commercial. So I was in, you know, Mia's commercial and I was in Angie's commercial and I was in Eve's commercial and I was in Emile's commercial. And also mine with Cool Keith. And so that's how that came about. It came about the fact that they were asking everyone for submissions and how they were going to do them. And Burrell Communications was like, okay, this is great. Let's do it. So you did Sprite and then you did some other ones over the years as well. So uh, you did some other commercials? Um, we did the we did the Sprite commercials, um, which is Coca Cola commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a few uh, insurance commercials. I think the, the everybody remembers the insurance commercial where they were trying to insure the ponytail and insurance. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, Roxy and Shante, the door has always been open for opportunity. So you know, people and and it's and I don't have a manager or an agent or uh you know a specific pr person or you know i don't have these things and so people really wonder how do you make it happen and again it's just the universe no no listen i think that was the biggest gem of the episode so far about leaving your door open not only with people but i mean just the people that leave the door open with relationships and other things right i leave the door open for people who need me for you know to help people and everything else and in the process of leaving that door open opportunity never has to knock it could just walk right in because the door is open you know you were the first lady of the legendary juice crew yes legendary juice crew mm-hmm. i'm going to name off a couple of these people okay. from from your heart yes or your mind or your gut whatever you want to quote okay. say a couple of words okay what when 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 the word or the name Molly Mall comes up the creator mm. the um the door the greatest hip hop producer um the sampler mm. the dj mm. you know the Molly Mall Mr Magic um, the start, the beginning, the answer. Um, he didn't just do it for us; he did it for hip hop. 
You know, if it wasn't for Mr. Magic, hip-hop would not have even been on the radio. Sure. So he is definitely the Omega. Rest in peace, Mr. Magic. MC Shan. The storyteller. My right hand. My 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 ride or die. My brother for life. Um, courage. Strength. Mm. And uh, great father. Mm. Bismarcky. Um... My savior, my... Uh, Why do you say savior? Because I was going to give up on hip-hop one night when Molly decided to quit being my DJ. Molly was like, look, I'm not DJing for you no more. That's it. And, you know, I felt like, what is an MC without a DJ? And what is what is an MC without their DJ? Because, sure. you know, at that time, you didn't switch crews. You didn't switch people. So when Molly was like, I'm not going to DJ for you no more. And, and I remember I was, like, shocked. Like, what? And Biz was like but I'll beatbox. Mm. And I was like, really? The whole show? He was like, yeah, Shiny, I'll do the whole show. And he beatboxed my entire show. Mm. And from that point on, you know, Biz has been that savior. Like, if I'm in a, a, if there was a battle, Biz was ready. Uh, Like, he was ready. And so, yeah. So that's why I said, um, savior, as far as, keeping me in hip-hop, my hype man, my uh, encourager, you know, because he would encourage, like, listen, we could beat them, Shiny. Ain't nobody better than us. We, you mm. know, he was, yeah. Did I mention Big Daddy Kane? No. Big Daddy Kane. Smooth. Mm. Operator. It, it, yeah. <laughs> Smooth. Writer. Lyricist. Um, one of the greatest, was, man. One, Yeah, absolutely. And um, he was, he's the therapist. Because you can talk to him for hours and all he sits there and says, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. Like how a therapist with mm. no response, just like, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, you want to go eat now? <laughs> like, like you feel better? You got all that off your chest? So, yeah, the therapist. Legendary Big Daddy Kane. Absolutely. But T.J. Swan, man? Where is T.J. Swan, man? Does anybody know where he is? <laughs> We just did a we just did a show with T.J. Swan, uh, the Juice Crew reunion at BB Kings. So anybody that wants to see Swan, you got to look that up. Oh, uh, BB Kings. And we were at BB Kings uh, last year, and Swan came and he sung. So if you want to see T.J. Swan, you got to look up the BB Kings performance, and you'll see the famous T.J. Swan. My master Ace. Quiet, mm. healthy. Mm. Um encouraging and a uh, great writer and a phenomenal show. Mm. Yeah. Creative. Could you rap and DJ Polo, man? <laughs> street. Mm. Oh, super street. Yeah, street. Fun. Uh, when you think about them, you think about the girls, you think about um, traveling and the partying and um, the gangster and uh, the money. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. Craig G? Little brother for life. Uh, any type of the, the, I want to call him the, the weed connoisseur, but it's got to be a better name than that. The cannabis. Cannabis guru. Guru. There you go. There hey, you hey, go. Come on. There you go. I'll come on your next track. There you go. There you go. Uh, there uh. you go. So you knew exactly what I need. <laughs> you knew exactly what it was. That's exactly who he is. You know, and my little brother and my travel buddy because... Um, me and Craig have traveled all around the world, just me and Craig. Mm. Like, he, he'll be like, okay, look, I got a show in uh, wherever. And I'll be like, he'll be like, and I need you to come. I'll be like, all right, cool, let's go. 
So, yeah. Glamorous. Sister. Mm. Um, and now, Islamic sister. Mm. So, um, she's a, when I think of her, I think of a Muslima, a lyricist, a, a, a poetry, uh, um, an artist. Mm. MC Debbie D. I would say icon. Mm. Um, no, let me change that. Matriarch. Mm. Mm. Matriarch. Absolutely. So, yeah, I can give her, I can sum her up and just, well, matriarch and um, spiritual. Mm. We'll do three more. If I missed any, you'll tell me. Cutmaster Cool V. The key, the mm. link, the glue, mm. the problem solver, the negotiator, you know, the author now, mm. um, the make it happen person, and um, incredible laugh. That's cool. Oh, he does have a incredible Doesn't laugh. have incredible And he stays laugh. with his Bluetooth all day. Oh, that, my goodness. I think he goes to sleep with the Bluetooth. He has to. Ear. He has to. Tragedy Gaddafi, man. Huh? Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a survivor. He is truly a survivor. The first original gangster of the crew. Mm. Um, Respect the shooter. Ab- there you go. There you go. That's Ab- all we need to say about him. That's it. We ain't even got to say Granddaddy Ayu. Ayu. Yeah, Granddaddy Ayu. He is the chef because mm. he could cook some shit up. Mm. Absolutely. He is the quiet one. He's the one that um, sits back and watch. He's the watcher. Mm, mm, I like that. He's the observer. It's a legendary Juice Crew. Yes, yes. And I wanted you to give a moment to, uh, you know, I mean, even though they probably heard it, but you never get to hear sometimes as a whole like that because they're not sitting there telling you, like, tell me how you feel about me. Right. You know what I mean? So, right. so. And, and I love and respect them all, and I love the fact that I have the relationship that I have with my brothers because they're not just considered my hip-hop brothers or just my Juice Crew brothers, but they are truly my brothers. And they have shown and proved that to me on and off stage. When I tell you that no one has a greater support system when it comes to their crew than Roxy and Shantae does with all of her Juice Crew brothers, then that's absolutely um, a, a blessing for Roxy and Shantae to have that. And I don't think anyone else has that. Who's your favorite rapper of all time? My favorite rapper of all time is... Nipsey Russell. Mm. Mm. It's Nipsey Russell. If you had to throw another, let's give me give, give me top three. Give me top three. To Everybody th- always wants me to give them the top. If I give you the top, I want you to get. You know, I'm trying to pull. Like folks try to pull you out of Nipsey Russell for a long time, man. Yes, they have. Okay, my top three would be <laughs> Kane, mm. Rakim, and Nas. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. You have a relationship with Rakim? Yes, I do. I have a great relationship with the God, Rakim. Mm. Um, Rakim's first two records were produced by Molly Maul. Mm. And so I've known Rakim from the moment when he came in the door and said it before. <laughs> mm. You know, back to the, the Roxanne, Roxanne movie that's going to come out um, tomorrow, or when everybody's listening, it's already out, if you didn't listen to this episode already, um, March 23rd, yes. on Netflix, Roxanne, Roxanne. It's not a documentary, it's a movie. Yes. Two things. One, was it hard rehashing all that shit? It was very therapeutic. It was. I think um, to sit back and to watch it uh, 
be replayed in front of your life or to be played out in front of you by such great actors allowed you to be able to almost have an out-of-body experience and sit back and say, you know what, I've survived that. And not only did I survive it, but the fact is people will now learn from my survival through this great performance where Nia Long did such a phenomenal job playing my mom. Did you pick Did you pick her? Did you have a chance to pick anybody? You know what, we picked every, we sat down and we picked everyone together, which was great because, you know, we decided like, okay, we're going to do Nia. And then each one was like, okay, great. We're going to accept it. Everyone accepted it, including Shantae. And when we first, when I first laid eyes on Shantae, as far as even the audition tape and film and, and clip that they sent. And she was like, hi, I'm Shantae. And she said it so naturally that I felt it in my spirit. I was like, you know what? She's saying that so realistically. And they were like, yeah, because her name is really Shantae. And I was like, oh, well, then she's born for the part. We're going to go with her. And for her to jump into the part within just having only eight days to prepare and then to win Breakout Artist of the Year with Sundance in her performance mm. and her portrayal of me was incredible. So, yes, it was great. It it It's incredible. Now, what's the um, actor on there from the House of Cards? Um, Mahershala Ali. Yes, I, I heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, that things got so real on set that you had to console him or whatever. He, what Can he, you tell us about that? What he actually said to me was that this was one of the most difficult parts he's ever had to play. But he didn't also, he didn't say that just to me. He said that to other people also. So it would take him a moment to come out of character because of some of the things that he had to do. Mm-mm-mm. Listen, man, um, I don't know how they put your whole life story into one hour and 54 minutes, mm -hmm. but they somehow did. Now, after this Netflix, does it stay on there forever? Could it become a movie where you can see in the movie theaters or is it just going to stay digitally? Well, um, Netflix has decided because it's had such a great response that there are some other things that we will be doing with it later. Mm. Mm. Okay. Okay. So now you're going to be doing a lot of shows. You're going to be doing a lot. Listen. Roxanne Shantae has never gone anywhere. She right here. She <laughs> right now. Now, what about music? Game? Are you making any new music or anything like that? You know, if if I could have the Roxanne Shantae Dream album would be an album of opportunity for others. Like I would like to do like a Roxanne Shantae presents, almost like a mm. Quincy Jones type album mm. for artists that do not have the type of platform that I may be able to present for them. So I would love to do an album with all new artists. And it doesn't matter what their age is, so it's not like all new young artists. You know, I just feel like there's so so many great, talented artists out there that just don't get a chance to be heard because maybe they don't have the right connection sure, or maybe sure. people are not going to give it an ear. So if I could do another project, it would definitely be a Roxanne Shantae Presents so that people can hear some of these great artists that are out here putting in some hard work and just not getting that opportunity. Mm. Do you, do you walk around the house spitting bars still, you just, or, or you just wait till you're at the uh, at the venue to do that? Um, usually, I wait till I'm at the venue. You know, um, sometimes me and my husband might joke around, and you know. Oh, he, your husband spits too? No, he'll. Let me find you. out. Let no, me no, find no, out. No, no, no. Let me find we, out. You got eight no, bars. No, no, no. Before we get started, no, 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 no. But what he'll do is he'll um, help me touch up on my skills, and you know, we'll. We'll go through a little tape to tape, but that's that's our thing. No, don't get. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't want you know. <laughs> but listen, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this episode to an end. Okay. On um, damn, I sounded like Ralph Crandom on that. I'm gonna I'm gonna. You tweeted something. Okay. When they mentioned your movie Roxanne, Roxanne, on the red car carpet at the Oscars, and say they can't wait to see it. 
It's at that moment you say all the pain was worth it. All the manipulation, abuse, all that was stolen. Signed away, all the crying, and running is over now that they know. Yes. How, how pure was that tweet when you, when you wrote that? I was in a room by myself, and um, my, my husband was asleep, and I was looking at the um, red carpet, and to see that, it sent a certain feeling in my soul that lets me know, like, that right there, though to others it may not have seemed like a big deal, but that right there for me, that was my Oscar, that was my Grammy, that was my invite to all of the hip-hop award shows that they never invited me to, or that was my uh, recognition, that was my, you know what, Roxanne Shante is here and she has done, and so that moment right then and there that was my award that was my moment mm. i mean there's not much more to say than that on uh twitter yes what's the handle again it's the letter i the letter m roxanne shante the kids told me to put i am okay. but i thought they said i'm so okay I okay you didn't do the i am you did i am so i did i am <laughs> i am roxanne shante and yes. instagram same thing same things yeah because if you make a mistake well, i just made the mistake on them all sure sure they'll <laughs> Absolutely. Find it. so it's the letter i the letter m roxanne shante and that's on everything you fuck with social media you like it you know what? I do lives when I'm going when when certain things happen. I'll do lives because I have a lot of people who do follow me, especially you know in my age, sure, like sure, they, sure. they get a kick out of it. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you know because I go through things that they go through. So, they're they're in know. bed at six thirty. You're out there, you know, crushing stages at midnight. You know, right? Exactly. And they're like, "What the hell? Is she still doing out?" Yeah, exactly. So yes. Yeah, so hey, listen, I'm one of those people. It don't stop, can't stop. You know, Please and and it. and I'll tell you one thing, man. I'm I'm proud. To see everything come together. Thank you. I'm proud to see that you never uh, gave up. It's Thank so you. easy to give up. You know what I mean? It is. It's so easy to quit. It's so easy to get down on yourself. Thank um, you. And this is something I think that people could be inspired by. I pray so. Mm. Internet, Roxanne Shantae. Roxanne, Roxanne. Please believe it. See you next episode. Cheer. Internet, if you enjoyed that episode, I want you to email me. At the premium at gmail.com. Again, that email is the premium at gmail.com. Let me know what you thought. And listen, all my advertisers out there, all my big businesses, my small businesses, whoever, a friend, a store, you want to advertise on the premium Pete show? Email me at the premium at gmail.com and let's get working. Okay? Make sure you subscribe, rate, leave a comment on all streaming platforms or podcasts. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And we'll see you next episode. Cheer.